Welcome everybody to Letter Now, a podcast where we nurture the hand lettering masters of tomorrow, today. My name is Martina Flora. I'm a lettering artist, author, educator, and the host of this show. And today I have an amazing guest to talk about income streams for artists. How do you find an idea for an, for an additional income stream? How do you promote it? How do you diversify it without burning out? How do you get started and find the right people to make it happen? And to discuss all of this, I have handlettering artist Ian Barnard with me. Ian has a passion for inspiring, entertaining, and helping people to get better at their lettering skills through videos on his Instagram and YouTube channels, and also creating and selling digital lettering brushes for the iPad. He's also the co-host of a popular creative podcast called The Honest Designers Show. So hi, Ian. So happy to have you on my podcast today. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Thank you for uh, inviting me on. Looking forward to this session. Amazing. And um, I will add Ian's website and um, social media handles on the show notes so that you can get to know his work if you don't know it yet. So Ian, I invited you to discuss today's topic because you as a lettering artist, you have built other income streams. You run your own YouTube channel. You run your own shop of digital products, iPad, iPad, iPad brushes, fonts, and other tools. Um, and what is interesting is that it's all... All the things that you have built are built around your expertise and your art, which is hand lettering. And it's very coherent in, you know, with the work you do. Um, so the tools you create are the tools you use yourself to create your art. And you show others how to do that and how to use those tools while also sharing how you create your own creative work. So we will speak about um, all the different aspects of creating income streams today. Um, I'm want to hear about your experiences as we go down the questions of our listeners today. But I want to show you, I mean, we received so many questions from listeners that we will probably make another extra show about income streams because we won't be able to cover everything today. Um, okay. But first, I want to share with you a poll that I did on my Instagram account. I asked my followers if they had more than one income stream and 32% said yes, while 67% said no. I assume that many of my followers are not necessarily freelancers or business owners, but definitely I feel that the, you know, these numbers makes makes me think that we or diversifying income is not necessarily the rule for everyone, right? And I personally built my revenue as an artist and business owner on different income streams and I feel that that gives me certain possibilities that other businesses that don't have these income streams may not have. And I want to kick off the conversation by asking you why you decided to build several income streams and how that impacted your business and your work as a creative. So it wasn't something I was sort of set out to do. You know, some people have a real goal they want to have a, a a side income or whatever that may be i was just a struggling uh graphic designer uh, who had just gone freelance uh i wasn't doing lettering at the time i was just i was just getting into lettering at the time so for me it was just a hobby at, um that sort of started just as something to get off the computer really but i i wanted something that wasn't the pressure of having to get clients every month hmm. Um, because I was only earning sort of like really basic wage and I was just getting any local jobs that were going in. So there wasn't money wasn't great. So mm. I wanted a way of 
of getting some income that wasn't tied into client work. Mm. And so it all started when I, I sort of created some, for me, it all began when I created some like really basic like icons and started selling on, on some of those stock sites that you see like Shutterstock or um, uh, Getty Images and stuff like that. So that was like my intro into it. And when you first, when they say, they say when you first um, earn that first dollar, it, it really transforms your life. You know, you've, you've made this money that wasn't based on a people paying you for your service. They were paying mm. you for something you created. And so that it just felt really good. And, mm. you know, it wasn't it wasn't much for the first six months. It was only like one hundred to two hundred dollars. So it wasn't loads, but it was nice that there was, you know, I didn't have to invoice for that and I didn't have to, um, you know, sort of haggle a price for that that was something that was coming in yeah. and it wasn't and it's something i could do off my own back i could spend some time just doodling and create something and then i could sell it so yeah. that's where it started and then i just i just really liked having that side income there because there was mm. no pressure on it and so i sort of thought oh, what else could i do and then continue down that path of creating stuff and selling stuff so that's where it sort of sort of began that's interesting because I feel that most of us who have several income streams or different income streams for our business or our creative business, I think we all started this way, right? Like no one really, there was no conscious decision of saying like, okay, I'm going to set up my business with several income streams and one is going to be products. The other one is going to be like tutorials and whatever, like it sort of developed naturally. And it's interesting to tell this experience to others because perhaps for someone who is studying right now, this could be something that they set up for from the beginning, right? Because as you yeah. said, this I think this is it's a different feeling to to understand that you can create something that, you know, it's just out of pleasure or something that you created for yourself, like an iPad brush that you might create for for creating your own work. And suddenly you put it out there and other people can use it as well and you know you get revenue from that right so there's some some magic in this where something that was useful or or enjoyable for you is also very useful for others right yeah definitely and the products because there's like selling your stuff like the icons though they're fine few few dollars here and there but what leveled up my income streams was creating uh, so finding a problem and providing a solution <laughs> and soon as like I hit on those kind of products that's when it's so so um from jumping from to making icons I then made sort of I was really into I was still doing sort of lettering part-time as just a hobby but I was really into sort of vintage stuff uh, and vintage type and I started creating vintage logo templates so people mm. could other designers could buy them and fill in their own text and create mm. some logos. They just didn't have those skills. But uh, when I was regularly posting to Instagram with my lettering, I wanted to add, it was a time where textures were really sort of on trend, mm. adding sort of stamp-like textures to my lettering. And because I was posting to Instagram as like, and trying to fit that in with my work, mm. I needed a way of, creating these textures for the lettering like quickly so I could then post it. And so I created something in Photoshop that 
sort of took that I could just paste it in and it applied effects to it every time I needed it you know I could adjust them a bit and then post it and then people kept asking me about it and I thought well maybe if I package this up into something someone else can use like you like you mentioned uh, uh, someone else might find it useful and mm. uh, overnight that product transformed uh, more than you know over that month and more than my freelance work brought in mm. and so I was like that's it that's it <laughs> there's the no way back <laughs> yeah the next year I just like got rid of all my clients you know in the graphic <laughs> design and it meant that um, I could focus on those products and I so the two things that went hand in hand were the products I was making and focusing my business around lettering mm. and the reason why I was able to become a full-time letterer was because mm. this was like the foundation the the products were the foundation to being able to do that full-time mm. um, because then I didn't have to rely on all my lettering work sustaining my income mm. you know in terms of getting work because it was still when I was doing it, it was still early and so people were like oh custom lettering you know clients didn't know that that was a thing they could get done and so I was getting jobs in but it wasn't like enough to support myself and so having products being like the main earner it sort of took that pressure off um and and also I was just enjoying it. I was enjoying the process of, of of playing and seeing what I could create seeing you know if there's any problems any frustrations that I was having I'd see if other people were having those frustrations too and then that was sort of mean that oh that might work as a product not all of my products have done very well you know there's some ones that have totally failed and that's fine because it's just a part of the process i go through but the more products i put out there it means that you know like even ones i've created like four or five years ago are just trickling in you know every month and it just sort of adds up to you know a, a sustainable income really that's so interesting because we will we will have a specific question about you know how to find that income stream or how to, how to find that product idea that suddenly like you transforms your business or like really becomes something that you can rely on every month you know rely on that income every month so we can go already um through the questions of our uh, listeners so that we can listen yours to your stories while while we answer to their questions so we will start with voice messages you can send us your voice message or your voice memos with questions and comments by simply going to martinaflor.com slash voice message or email your voice memo to podcast at martinaflor.com Today, we have a question coming from Larissa in Brazil. Hi, this is Larissa from Brazil. And I would like to know what was your biggest challenge to start showing what types of products you have when working in different streams, what to prioritize and how. Thank you. Yeah, and I think this is a relevant question to start with, because when we speak about diversifying your income of you know creating these diverse income streams we need to be conscious of the fact that whatever you do in your business will imply some effort and work so diversifying your income is not about doing thousands of things at the same time right um, because that will definitely spread you thin and will also make it hard for you to optimize whatever you made uh, because it's not it's not 
well, most of the things are not an overnight hit. Like you need to put something out there and improve it and see how that responds and get that feedback and then improve it again and sort of create a prototype of something and, you know, improve it, to improve it throughout time, right? So when you yeah. create an income stream, um, it's very similar to the process of creating a, a product or, a, you know, a, a certain thing a certain object right you you first create this first draft this first idea you put it out there you test it and you you kind of improve it throughout time and if you are doing too many things at the same time you don't get to optimize that thing that, that you did and perhaps it won't perform as good as it could perform if you will focus on one thing at a time right or if you will dedicate the time it needs um so Prioritizing, I think, is key. Um, you can start by one idea and see how that works, and you learn from that, and then you readjust. Uh, but Ian, you have, as you said uh, before, you have several digital products out there. Some of them were really uh, successful, some of them were not. Uh, you also have your YouTube channel, and um, which is already like in itself a content product. Um, and what would you say to Larissa? who is wondering what to prioritize prioritize and when it you know what to what comes first when it comes to income streams uh, i think um is that if you're starting with nothing is that the, the... i believe so i think that um larissa is wondering like you know how can you how can you if you have a set of products or or if you have a set of ideas how can you you know put a focus on one or how 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 do you go about like studying your income streams without doing too much at the same time um so for me i was prioritizing the things that either um i found more fun to do because then that makes mm. it quicker for the process mm. to to build upon um so and if um if you can see some traction so i do use social media a lot to find out whether a pro to validate a product really and whether mm. i should spend my time on it uh it's like showing maybe if i'm just starting on it saying you know would anyone be interested in just doing a poll um and just seeing if there's any or if you put like sometimes i'd use a product early in its creation in a post just to see if i get those questions about like, oh, what brush you're using or what's mm -hmm. that typeface name or, you know, it's, it's, you get to gauge what people are. Um, and, and also just looking like a lot of my products have come from uh, Pinterest. So I look mm -hmm. on Pinterest, I find something that really resonates with me or is quite popular. You know, you get the popular pins popping up and, and I think, okay, can I take that, the essence of that design and create something that someone can use who mm. who may struggle to get uh, to that process, that finished design. So mm. can I help them get to point A, from point A to point B um, with a product? And, and sometimes, you know, and so I will spend a bit of time looking at that, but then if I find it's taking too long or I'm not getting anywhere, then I have to pivot and try something else and then leave it because it might be the case that something comes along uh, another and it, and it works into that product. But I suppose it's, um, yeah, I could easily do a million things at once, but I suppose I just 
have to have a look at that idea, spend a little bit of time on that idea, not too long, just to try and get any validation that it's going to go in the right way. Um, that's so that's so important because I mean you, you know, th having that first validation through like testing that yourself, um, it's super important because it's like you don't invest that much time and effort into doing that product and you can right away see whether you are excited about it, whether you think it's going to work and you, by doing it, you already kind of validate the idea and you decide whether you go, you know, fo forward, like investing more time or you just leave it, you drop it and you do some other thing, right? Yeah. And, and also it, it, um, I suppose when you're starting out, it's a case of trying to get some under your belt first. So getting stuff out there. And like you mentioned about, you know, putting something out there and then returning to it to, you know, maybe make it a little bit better. Um, but for me, it's like, cause I could, I could spend a lot of time just procrastinating on a product and not getting it out there. Cause I'm not, it's not perfect or, you know, it's not quite where, but sometimes it's about getting it out there and, and, um, seeing what response you get, whether anyone comments. Because I think the great thing about having, I suppose in my case, digital products is that they can be edited and re-upload and people can mm. download them. And so it's not like, here's a product, oh, it doesn't work, uh, and, yeah. there's, and that's it. Here's a product that I can actually go in and change if someone says anything or if there's anything wrong or it needs adding to it. So I think the experience of going through it means that when you come to the next one, you build upon that, whether that's creating uh, better instructions on how to use it or creating better preview graphics to, to advertise it, um, including more things. So, you know, my first products weren't as good as my other current products I'm releasing because I, I sort of looked at it and I thought, well, what else can I add or what else will be make it more helpful? So um, that's so yeah. interesting because it's not about like doing a product and sticking to it and trying to like make it better and like just producing that one product. But sometimes it's about like doing that first product and learning from that experience and then putting that experience into the next product and learning from that experience. And like, you know, the loop goes from product to product and not within the product itself. Right. So um, right. and it's so that's so so important as well because as you said before which really resonated with me like it needs to be fun for you to do and sometimes like reiterating on something that you did in the past is not so fun for yourself you might have like new ideas that you want to execute and if you force yourself to like reiter reiterate on on past products it's like yep. well yeah i mean it's done you know like <laughs> so um yeah so that's that's super interesting and we have another question coming from milenka so larissa i hope that this is answering your question about you know what to focus on um or how do you go about like studying your income streams we will go about like we will talk more about this as we go through the show but um i think some of the things that um ian said here like um kind of seeing what is fun for you to do and as well for yourself or for most of our listeners here who are artists or designers, um, your work will probably, or the way you do things or the tools you create for yourself will probably give you hints on what can be useful for others. If you were struggling on creating a certain texture and you put a lot of effort into creating that texture for yourself, this might save you a lot of time for other people. The same way that Ian was like looking through uh, Pinterest and trying to find ways of 
how can I create something uh, that saves time for certain people or certain designers to get from A to B? So sometimes the answer is in your work, in, in the work you're doing, right? And how can you use that to provide a service or to solve a problem for other people, right? Yes. So we have another question coming from Milenka. In your experience, how long did it take for you to start having other incomes? Like, for example, if you have a book, uh, how long did it take to get ready to start seeing results? That, that, that would be the question. How long does it take to start seeing results? So, so I guess that it depends a lot on the income streams, right? And um, it really, you know, like I would say that it's really most of the times it's like a long game. So you also have to sort of create some sort of reputation of, of you creating those products, right? Like people come to you because you create a certain product or come to you because you are good at teaching something or come to you because they love your books. Um, so I think depending the, to the product you create, you will have um, a faster return on what you're doing. Um, and some income streams also will need more work or more time to develop through time, right? Um, Personally, I have done different things throughout my career. And as I said, I haven't done them all at the same time. Nowadays, when I look back, there's a lot of things that I dropped throughout my career. Like I, I, I was doing products at some point and now I'm not creating those anymore. Um, so some of the things that I tested throughout my work as a designer were not necessarily things that I continued doing. Um, and... I would say that some of the things that I was doing in the beginning were tests so that right now I can focus on the things that I feel work better for me financially, but also, you know, bring me more joy. What you said before as well, what is fun for you to do? I think that um, when you create different income streams, it's important to put a focus on what is fun for you to do where do you find joy and where do you feel that you're not burning out that it comes easy for you and that you know it also works for you financially right um but coming back to milenka's question um so i think that it depends really on the type of products you're putting out there and the type of content you're putting out there um and it will also depend on a on a lot of different things right like the the audience you have and how fast that it can travel from one person to the other right how did i work for you ian with your products and also with your content creation uh so part of making digital products is or you know selling whatever it may be i don't have any books but uh you know ebooks are something that you know you could just put down your knowledge in an ebook and sell that yeah. obviously the that is half the equation the next thing is all the marketing that goes into making people aware of your products yeah and so you know for me it was i was building an audience at the same time as making these things um because I found that actually, uh, as I was doing it, I could do like competitions where they could win my product. So they like, I'd get them to 
you know, leave a comment and a follow, you know, if they wanted to win this product, um, which then would generate more, uh, a bigger audience uh, and more people to sell to the next time. Um, uh, if you provide value through any form of social media, you know, enough people feel the they trust you and they like more likely to invest in your products um, if they see it demonstrated. So a lot of what I do is make videos to go along with what I've mm. made, explaining how to use it. So then not only do they get to know you, they get to know the product and that then helps them to say, oh, this is actually going to work for me. Um, and and so adding all those things together, you know, it's hard to take this is how long it's going to take until you get uh, a return and what you've time you put in and the, the money you want to get out. But um, it's a case of it's not like uh, that quote where it's build it and they will come because no one knows about your your thing so what you have to do is once you make the product that's not the end thing it's then mm. going okay how can i promote this or how can i promote myself to then advertise my product so you know it might be the case that um on your website you have uh, an email sign up that's something i've got into late email newsletters you know getting people to subscribe to your email so that when you release a product you've got their captive email audience of emailing and saying, oh, I've got this new product. Uh, because you're on my email list, I'll give you, you know, 10, 20% off uh, the opening cost, hmm. you know? And so, you know, you don't even have to have a social media following as long as you've got some way of being able to contact people who, who like your work. And so on your website, you have something where you could give some stuff away for free in exchange for an email address. That's a great way of uh, building up a customer base um, and then just being regular with the products means that people will, will see those and want to buy them. And if you offer a discount, that's another incentive. Um, so that's one way. Uh, and I came to that late. I wish I started out a lot earlier because mm. it's a great way where it, with all the noise and the algorithm of social media, email is still something that is, is it, that you own rather than a, uh, a company who chooses to show your work to other people. Mm. Um, and like with YouTube, if people, you know, that is a, is a, is a great platform, but the problem with YouTube, it does take a while to get to a place where you're earning a good income mm. and I'm still not there yet. And I've been on it for years and years and years, uh, maybe because I, I go through like, I do a year of doing constant videos and then I get burnt out and then I have to have some time off and then I do another year. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the ad revenue, because I'm in an art niche is not the greatest mm. if i was in the finance niche that would be great and i get mm. a lot of money probably but because i'm in in you know and not many companies want to advertise on lettering videos yeah um that uh, i have last year i got sponsored quite a few times and so i was earning like 400 dollars per video mm. not enough to warrant the time i spend making a video but you can see where it's going if you kept up that consistency um, but also through that, because YouTube is an evergreen platform in which the videos stay there and people search for them, whereas Instagram, it's sort of like it goes like mm. after a day, is that uh, a few of my videos which have affiliate links in, so I get commission if they click on a link that's in it. So for instance, uh, there's a screen protector for the iPad called Paperlike. 
I use that on mine. I really believe in the product. I've always had it on my iPads. Um, and they have an affiliate scheme. So I get um, uh, a certain amount of commission every time they sell one through my link. And I've done a review of, of it saying this is what it is, what it does. And so every day, every other day, I get, you know, five, $10 hmm. uh, from affiliates of being affiliated with them. And it's the same with some font creation work software I've got. And it's all those things combined yeah. that can then produce a revenue stream that's sustainable. I think it's like, I think what it is, is if you looked at one of them, you think that's not very much money, but it's mm. when you combine them all together, that that's when it makes a sustain, you know, substantial income. And it's not like a oh, one client's paying me this X amount and that's the month's uh, um, costs I need to get in to pay my bills. It's all these little drip feeding of, of stuff that comes in and, and you're able to then, you know, live off that. That's so good that you tell all this behind the scenes because as you can see, like an income stream can have a lot of little details. As you said, like in YouTube, you have the money you get through ads and the sponsorships and all these affiliate links, a lot of things that probably our listeners don't know about, but you get to you know, you get to learn about these things as you develop a YouTube channel, right? And as you said, it's about creating this this myriad of products or things that complement each other where not necessarily all of the things have uh, or provide an income, right? So for instance, yeah. the, the YouTube channel is not necessarily an income stream for you, but it's a platform for you to create income, right? Um, yeah, I think that right. the same happens to me with the books, although they, of course, I get royalties from my books, they're not necessarily the big, my biggest income stream, but they create um, or they help me get to more uh, readers and to, you know, getting people know me for my teaching and for the things I do do and this really um, creates or helps me create some sort of authority in when it comes to uh, teach lettering right and this is what I use also to promote my online classes so it's all about like sort of doing what you do in different formats not necessarily all of them will be um, a revenue stream but they will complement each other right and yeah. what I think that uh, Many of the listeners that are listening to the show might look at your following and might look at my following and will be a little bit like disappointed, like think, oh my God, this is this is really hard. It's really hard to get there, right? And I think that also some things you can use when you're just starting and your audience is not so big because I think what, what was really important from what you were saying is this this marketing aspect of creating an income stream. It's not only like creating the product or the content but also finding ways to put that out there and getting people to know that and I think you can also use other platforms that are out there marketplaces you mentioned in the beginning Shutterstock which is already like a like a marketplace which has already a captive audience that you can use yeah. to get started right um, so in my case when I started with my uh, online classes or my online tutorials uh, I was using a Skillshare which already had a you know, a, a, like a platform of, of customers. And through those first products, I developed into other products that became today like my own platform or my own online academy, right? So I think these are great places where you can test your products. You can test 
whatever you want to create and you can use their audience um, to see yourselves, like see how that idea, how, how that income stream work for you, right? Yeah. And uh, yeah, because yeah. like you say, it's a great um, thing to do because I used another, when I started to really have success, I was using a platform called Creative Market and they would have a really good email that would go out on a Tuesday and I would then focus all my energy to get the product out there before that deadline so that if they happen to include it in the newsletter then that would really bump the sales of my product up um and so i you know i i i started having success without having a large audience because i was utilizing the audiences like you say um yeah creative market or i've got one i've only got one course out and that's on skillshare but it uses the um customer base of Skillshare rather than of my audience to get people in and so you can sort of jump on the back of all these other things so I have fonts on a lot of foundries like uh, font spring or my fonts and stuff like that because they have a large audience and they mm. have a large um, you know people go there to get the stuff so if your stuff's on there then they they do all the promotion and you can just put the stuff up there and hopefully get some return from putting it up there. Absolutely. So for you listening that are thinking like, oh, how could I get my products out there or my content out there or my online classes out there? You don't need to do it alone. You can also collaborate with other people who have more or bigger audiences, or you can also look for platforms that will make it easier for you to sort of promote your, uh, your content and the things you're creating, right? So let's move on to our next segment, Ian, uh, our inspirational quote time. Ian, we all love quotes, especially lettering artists, because we can draw them. And in this section, we do our best to answer questions from our listeners with a quote. We later put okay. these quotes on our show notes so that listeners can share them on social media. Okay. The truth, Ian, is that we just chat around like about the topic and then we see okay. if we can put a quote together. I have a couple of already prepared because I went through the questions myself. Um, but don't worry, we will make you sound good. If you don't come up with a quote, we will just put something together for you. So okay. here's the first question, question from Jojo coming uh, from Instagram. My biggest challenge is promoting different businesses. I appear to be all over the place. How can I, de I deal with this? So Jojo, I understand your concern um, because I feel that most of us as artists, we want to continue having an identity and by having different streams, you might feel that you're having like different profiles, you know, like you start a shop uh, on a sh or a profile on Shutterstock and then you start, you know, a YouTube channel with another identity or another uh, other visuals. Right. So you are a product for your customer. You are a teacher for your students and you're an expert for your clients. Right. So you end up knowing not knowing who you are, right? And I have a quote that I always say to my coaches. I coach, I coach uh, uh, lettering artists and, and illustrators. And I always say this when it comes to income streams, do what you do best in all shapes and colors. And this means that creating income streams is not about doing client work and also selling cakes in the park and additionally selling vintage furniture on eBay. It's yeah. rather... Um, you know, it's actually, it's about expanding 
uh, your expertise into different formats. It's using your skills and amplifying them through income streams. So what we are talking about here is not about creating different businesses because that implies a lot of other things. You know, you have to have multiple websites, you have to have multiple social media accounts and multiple email addresses, and so on, right? So what you want to do when it comes to creating income streams is to get better at what you do through different things, right? And using your ad identity and your profile to offer all the things you can do, right? So in my case, I, you know, I'm a lettering artist and I do work for clients, but I also teach and I also write my books. And I also at some point was, was creating products and putting them out there, right? So all of these things are built around my expertise and around the things that I find fun doing, right? What you said in the beginning, Ian, which is like, it's all things that interest me first in a way, right? And yeah. things that, you know, bring me joy. And I find that it can also, you know, add value to other people, right? So what would you say to Jojo uh, that is uh, afraid that the own identity may be diluting or diluting into these different businesses or products? Uh, that's tricky because yeah, I could see why that will come about if, if um, you were everywhere. And I suppose I was a bit everywhere for a while until I focused down. I like to use the analogy of like uh, the hourglass. You know, it starts off really wide at the top and then goes really narrow and then really wide. Mm -hmm. um, like sometimes, as you associate this with like, you know, I was like, I suppose I. I didn't know who I was when I was doing graphic design because I was doing everything hmm. and I was doing so many bits and poke. And then I like niche down into one thing, which was the lettering um, and I suppose the digital products. And then that opened up to a whole load of other things. And I suppose for me, it was a case of um, removing some bits to find out, you know, to clear the way so I could find out what I really loved. And then it opened up to being uh, everything, you know, doing mm. a bit of everything. Um, and and I suppose I suppose with your identity, I suppose it's it can get a bit fragmented when you're doing so many things. And I suppose uh, sometimes it's good to sort of have a break and re-establish uh, what, what you love doing what brings you joy like you say um what you're good at and um also what the the market needs mm. and i think it's that intersection of all those three things that is where you're going to find the sort of sweet spot of uh getting the income and making stuff that you love doing um and yeah that's so that. important like i think that's this three this three like um points that you just pointed out like things like finding something that you love or like focusing on something that you love doing that you have joy um that you're also good at and that you know the market needs because i think this last one if if no one really wants it then you know you you lose that motivation of like hey this is yeah. great i'm really good at it like you you lose that validation right so um in a way you you need all these three not all of them are all the time in balance right sometimes 
you perhaps are doing a product that the market really needs, but you don't necessarily are enjoying doing it so much as other products that you enjoy doing, but perhaps the market doesn't really need them, <laughs> but yeah. you still would do it. Yeah. So, but it, I think yeah. it's great to have those, all those, um, as a, like a, something to have in your income stream. So the question, the second question is, uh, is coming from Rob on Instagram. So I'm having trouble finding the right idea. Any hints to come up with possible income streams? So we were speaking about this before. Um, and I actually got several questions similar to this one. I think this has to do with, you know, I think many of us, when we think of starting a new income stream or we think of starting a project, we have this initial terror or like, or this initial overwhelm that having too many possibilities or too many roads to explore um, and yeah. not understanding upfront what would be successful, which one will be like the one and the big hit. Um, so I have a quote for you, Rob. You don't know until you try. Um, the best you can do is to stop the guesswork and set yourself in motion. The guesswork you are doing right now in your uh, in your head is super exhausting. I know how that is, like wondering, like, should I do this? Should I not do this? Is, is this something people want? Is this something I want to do? So um, if you set yourself in motion, this is where you will move forward towards clarity, right? And you don't need to do a huge thing, as I said before. You can start with baby steps, trying your product idea with friends um, or using, as you as you said before, Ian, this, uh, this um, I think this is a really great idea to validate that with your audience, no matter how big your audience is, like post that on, on Instagram or on Facebook and see how the people react to whatever you are creating. Ask them, um, get that initial feedback from them. Um, so just I always say like just think of the small the smallest step you can make and just do that small step and see how that works for you. Um, but I you know I want to give Rob a little bit like a or I bet that many of the listeners and many of those that that um, submitted one of these questions about how to start with that first income streams I want to just them to have a, a bit of a takeaway regarding this, regarding like what is the first thing they should do now to start um, creating that first income stream? What do you think we can we can provide them so that they can get started with that first idea? Um, so the first idea, what could they do? I think what the most exciting thing is to just set up a shop because you can get a free one on like Gumroad, uh, and there's other free shops you can set up. And um, it might be the case that you sell something for $1 mm. or or you have one of those things where they can just choose the price. And it might be the case that you make, take something you've created before. So not creating something new, but looking through all the stuff you created, it might be the case that you can create a product full of, uh, you might like drawing leaves in your lettering or something. And mm. so create a pack of um you know just those illustrations you know that people would then take and use um you know and what what you need to get is that first sale because once you get that first sale then you get this massive adrenaline rush and then you're <laughs> able to then create other things 
Um, and and the thing is, when you you know you start off, obviously you can't make a living from just a one dollar product, but um, you learn so much from you know what you can do is if someone buys it, then you can ask them what they thought and what they could mm. feel like improve. And it's just that first interaction you have with a customer that can really drive on you pushing to create create more products. And so it's just looking through, you know, because I the thing is a lot of the time um products come out of things that you've already got and you know things like shortcuts you might take or skills that you've got that someone else hasn't so i haven't really got a skill for drawing innate flowers you know intricate flowers so i would probably burn buy some you know mm. a pack of, of flowers or some brushes that were flowers um but if you're really good at that then someone else is not going to be good at that and they're going to want something like that so you know, have a look through your work, see what crops up repeatedly mm. and maybe turn that into a product. If it's creating some brushes, then the first step might be going away and having a look on, you know, Skillshare or YouTube of how to make some brushes mm. so that you've then learned a skill. Because a lot of the time, my products, I've had to go away and learn a skill to be able to make that product. Uh, I've, you know, utilized lots of different courses because I... Um, had to find out how to, something worked in Photoshop, how something worked in Procreate. Uh, and then I was able then to turn it into a product. So, you know, if you say, I don't know how to make Procreate brushes, then go go away and learn them. Mm. Um, uh, and also is that there is a, you know, Procreate brushes is, is quite saturated, a lot of people making them. Maybe have a look for a, one of the other applications that people use and make stuff for that, you know, mm. or learn how to use that program. So sometimes the first step might be learning rather than actually creating um, and seeing, you know, learning a skill. So then you can sell that as a product or or, or some sort of service. Because also what you do is you learn all these things and then, then you can create a course or you can create an ebook explaining, you know, you could go through the process of making uh, products and then explain it in an ebook once you've learned how to do it. So I think what you need to do is is not worry about like I've got nothing, you know, there's blank sheet of paper and look at the things you've already got mm. and see or look at your own process and see if there's anything within your process um, that can help or ask people what they're struggling with, which is a, which is the reason why like like two of my best products, which I've done in collaboration with Stephen Coons is a uh, letter and grid builder is because I asked or we asked the audience, what are you struggling with? And two of the main things was composition and consistent letters. Mm. And so that then gave us the idea of well, what could we create to help people with that? And so, um, yeah, so, so go away and learn some things, go away, look at your process. Um, uh, yeah. And just have a think, have a think about, um those elements and yeah and i would i will add i will add two things that you mentioned which is um ask people ask your audience and yeah. also look around for a niche um or try to identify a niche what you said before like m perhaps there's a lot of ipad brushes and that feels already like overwhelming and like you feel that it won't make a difference and probably 
perhaps you won't. So perhaps you find a niche or another app where the people don't have so many tools are uh, as for instance, uh, Procreate, and then you go create something for that specific audience, right? So I think these are, are great hints. And before we move on to the Better Now segment, we apparently have a surprise coming, coming from Stefan. Stefan Kunz here, and I don't have a question actually. Just wanted to let Ian know that I'm such a huge fan. I love working with him, and I'm so glad that we're partnering up on products together. So couldn't ask for anyone best. Anyway, sorry to interrupt your podcast. Thank you so much. So I wasn't planned. This was not planned, actually. Ian, you were just mentioning Stefan, and Stefan left a message just before we started the podcast. So this was beautiful encounter of different things. So lastly, we are moving on to our Better Now segment where we share something we are happy about or something that has impacted our lives lately. So Ian, what would you like to share uh, that is currently present for you, a project, a product you just released, something that is you're happy about? Um, so uh, well, I released it a few months ago, but I had a pack called like the Freestyler pack, which it took me like about a year to put together because I really, I sort of go through stages of liking different styles of lettering. And um, one of them was like uh, this sort of combination of different styles in one piece and it's still working, which is quite hard to get right. And that's probably why it took me a year to create this. Um, uh, in that sort of a slightly graffiti doodly style. And, and I was determined to make a pack of brushes because not only mainly because I wanted it for myself but to make it easier but also I knew that if I could get that then I know that other people would probably be helpful and also to make it sort of fun it's quite a sort of fun and so um yeah I managed to work it out and and then uh Procreate updated and to allow for dual brushes which really helps things and then I was able to create this pack and then gave some extra things in it and uh, uh, made some little tutorials that came with it. And and yeah, I was just really happy with that. And I was really happy with the response that people gave me because uh, it was exactly what I was sort of hoping it would be, you know, sort of people enjoy using it and, uh, you know, being able to, you know, sort of combine different styles of work together. Um, so yeah, that was something in the sort of immediate that's really worked well. That's way. amazing. I'm looking forward to see all this. I am Barnard's out there made with your brushes, <laughs> right? Um, but I'm going to add that to our um, our show notes uh, so that uh, listeners can find it. Personally, I want to share that I um, I started working on a new book, which is something that makes me super happy. Today I draft, like I, I finished drafting like the, the index of the book. I have already like written a couple of stuff and I'm celebrating this because, um, you know, I've been speaking about my books. I'm showing this up on, um, on YouTube right now, but I wrote this book um, some years ago and it was a real hit. It was like, um, it was translated into six languages and it was, it really helped a lot of, 
lettering artists and artists and designers to understand lettering better or improve their process. And I'm really happy about this book. But I have to say that after that big bestseller, it was hard to create anything else. It was every time I was trying to write the new book or um, I actually did write another book, which is this one I'm showing up on um, on Instagram. The first one, I, oh, sorry, on, on YouTube, the first one I showed is The Golden Secrets of Lettering. And this one is The Big Leap. And um, and so every time I start a new project, when it comes to writing, I'm always like coming back to like, oh, is it going to be as good as the golden secrets of lettering? And, you know, that big success sort of holds me back sometimes. And I have this radio on my head. And um, and I'm sure that, you know, this new book that I'm writing right now is going to be a bestseller. So I'm really happy about that one, <laughs> even it, if it's, it's not. Tricky. It's tricky to come off if something does to be successful um it's hard then to say well is this gonna be and the problem is is that about nine times out of ten it probably won't and it's being okay with that because otherwise yeah. you won't release anything because i know you know art, uh, you know musicians must find it you know if they get a song that's just everywhere and they have to follow it up uh, it's a struggle Whereas actually, if it just goes along steady, which a lot of like, um, uh, you know, having this sort of side income and passive income is, is 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 easier to control on the sort of mental uh, clarity of it. Because yeah, it's really hard when it does well, and then you've got to produce something else. That actually, it's all about having a quantity of these maybe products or whatever it is, because you, I thought. All I found out is like, especially with like posts on Instagram or videos on YouTube, you don't get to decide what's popular hmm. and you have to be okay with that. It's out of your control. You know, you could, you know, I could, I could spend ages, like I said, you know, uh, a year on a product and it might not do very well at all, but it's being okay with that because, um, I remember that I spent like, on I think it was my second font. And I decided to do a script font and it was really loads of hard work and um, and I hadn't learned all the shortcuts to the kerning part, you know, making the spacing work. And it took, you know, it felt like it took forever. Um, but it's now my best selling font out of Amazing. all 16 that I have. And um, yeah, and if it wasn't for that, it was, you know, if I hadn't of but then after that, I had to come up with some more fonts. And so, you know, <laughs> the struggle came and yeah, I think you just have to keep going and forget about anything that's successful and forget about anything that doesn't do so well. Because I've had like one of my fonts has sold about 10 in a whole of its uh, entirety. And I had to like, you, you know, you have to come back from those sort of uh, hilltop valley moments and um, yeah, be okay with like, just keep churning out the work which is what you want to do rather than focus on whether it's going to be successful or not yeah absolutely and also I, I feel that what you were saying about the script font that not necessarily because it takes a lot of work it will be super successful so that's also not a like direct relationship sometimes something yeah. that you did very or comes really natural to you and you can make really quickly is super successful and some things that take longer are not as successful as you expected so yeah. there's no real formula to that i think that what you said is really wise that you know you have to try to keep your mind cold in the sense of like 
that you don't expect to have the heat and that you don't expect it to like also be totally unsuccessful that you don't speak yourself into like oh this is not gonna work out and therefore i'm not gonna do it but also don't expect that it's gonna be like this is be will be an overnight hit because most of the things are not an overnight hit and um yeah. i think none of those will you know be realistic and also keep you motivated um throughout time right so Yeah. It was great talking to you. Uh, this is the end of our show. Um, and uh, it was amazing that you share all these stories about income streams. And we will surely do another episode about this to answer all of the questions that all the listeners have sent because it seems to be like a hot topic. So, Ian, where can people find you? Um, so, yeah, if you just search Ian Barnard at any of the social media platforms, I'm there somewhere. Uh, or ianbarnard.com for checking out some of the products I've spoken about in this episode. That's where my uh, main shop is. Um, yeah, so that's that's where you can find me. And weirdly enough, <laughs> to, to, to illustrate the point of the fact that you don't know what's going to be successful, my most successful post on Instagram, by quite a margin, is a picture of an eye. So it's nothing like a picture of like a you know a pupil. Uh, and it's nothing to do with lettering because I, <laughs> I ran like, like I was having a creative block and I thought let me do something that's not lettering I'll just post that see you know people go well what's this but it 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 went it blew up and I'm like well what's going on here <laughs> you know this is not what I'm known for and so you know you don't you know it's and I think what people need to do is you know create reevaluate keep doing it keep doing you know trying it because at some point you know something might pop up and resonate with people and mm. and and be successful but it's going it's going through that motion whether you're posting videos to youtube or your products to your shop or your posts to instagram it, it it's that consistency of uh, keep going and uh, getting better every time you, you you post you know not worrying about other people doing and just keep keep going and keep uh, building on you know all those little income streams as well Amazing. Thank you so much, Ian, for being here today. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. So this is it. Uh, I will add all the, uh, you know, all the social media handles and websites of Ian on the show notes so you can find him. Um, you can find me, the host of this show, on social networks at Martina Flor on Instagram, Twitter on, and Facebook. And if you have a question or comments, go to martinaflor.com slash podcast where you can see previous episodes, find show notes and send voice memos with your comments and questions. You can also watch these episodes on YouTube just go to martinaflor.com slash YouTube to find them you can of course listen to all our episodes on your favorite podcast platform this is it for today if you love this episode subscribe to this podcast and if you leave us a review it will help others find us and we will love you forever thank you all for listening and see you in the next episode of Letter Now bye bye <laughs>